Welcome to this special episode of Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities podcast. My guest today is Dr. Dane here, one of the most awe-inspiring people I know, the co-creator of Access Consciousness, and someone who always functions on the very creative edge of possibilities. And I've invited him on today to talk about using the access tools in times of war. What would change in the world if you, me, and everyone choose to feed the wolf of possibilities instead of the one of doubt, distrust, and despair? The way I see it, our point of view creates reality, not the other way around. Somewhere deep within, I think we know that. In this podcast, I am daring you to claim this remarkable superpower. Join us and be inspired by trackers, explorers, and finders of possibilities from the multiverse of hope. Welcome to the podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities, with your host, Katrina Valentin. So, welcome, Dane. Nice to be with you. And I actually wanted to start with, like, the basics of consciousness. So... In Axis, we we define consciousness as everything is included and nothing is judged. No. And there are some things that are unconscious and anti-conscious. And I was wondering if, is war anti-conscious? Yep. It's, okay. But the thing is, consciousness doesn't judge even the unconsciousness or the anti-consciousness. It looks right. for possibilities beyond it and realizes that many people will choose unconsciousness and anti-consciousness, and that's what they choose. Now, what else is possible? And how do we actualize that? It's a lot of people, when we talk about this, think it's somehow passive. You know, you need to fight against these people. <clears throat> well, I agree. If you're there being invaded, either fight or run, you know, take care of yourself. But on a larger scale, our ask to be that which changes this is something that creates an energy where other possibilities start to show up and contributes to the possibilities for everyone involved, no matter what side of the equation they're on. When you're saying that war is anti-conscious, but anti-consciousness and consciousness is also included in consciousness, yep. which actually creates this much bigger space to be in and to be the question in yeah and that's really what this is about is is the space that you can be i've mm -hmm. said many many times it's not what you do it's the space from which you choose it that actually creates the result and so the idea of being space around this to some people you know people think they need to fight against and that's going to change things but polarity is the fight for and the fight against what this is is going beyond the polarity going beyond the need to fight going beyond the need to be right going beyond the need to make others wrong and <clears throat> what it does it creates where there's not the positive and negative determining your choices there's not the need to be seen as positive that eliminates anything else other than that there's the space of possibilities from which we can choose. And even, and one of the other things you said, you know, when we talk about war is unconscious and anti-conscious, well, 
and well, shall I say, yeah, that, that's a long, long story. We probably don't have time to get into, but, but <clears throat> we often have the idea that if we're seeing anything or anyone as negative or less than positive, then we're judging. No, that could be an awareness. If you see somebody who is selfish and you acknowledge it, you're not judging them. You're acknowledging their choice. You're acknowledging how they're showing up. So this idea of war and looking at it and going, well, that's fucked up. Well, yeah, it is fucked up. Like, like, yeah, okay, now what? It's fucked up, now what? Now what other choices do we have? And what I would like to see and my target with access consciousness and the, the target of access consciousness is to create a world in which consciousness is dominant. A world in which no judgment, no war in, in consciousness, there would be no war. Mm. Because why would you? It's like it would take so much, so much energy to even get to the point where you could have enough of a point of view to want to fight or want the land or want whatever it is that you want. And, and world domination would be a thing of the past also. There would be world cooperation. There would be a contribution from all of us. And so we've got to recognize also that our individual choice has a dynamic impact on the whole. It has an impact on every single person living on this planet, every plant, every animal. We truly are interconnected. And our choice has the possibility of creating something totally different. I, when you said world corporation, that made me so happy. That just, that just opened so much up. So one of the things that a lot of people mention is they watch the news and either it's like a soap, like a soap opera, a, like something that they're just watching. And it could be, you know, a TV series about a war in Ukraine or they um, tune out because it's too much, it's too nonstop. And then they're wondering like, am I apathetic? Don't I care? Or if I have no point of view about it at all, is there something wrong with me? So how does that go with what you were just looking at where you actually go beyond polarization and you go into something, a different way of functioning? Well, so what, what I'm talking about is being totally present with what is, not feeling like you have to withdraw in order to have you, mm. but also recognizing that so much of what is put out, especially on mainstream media, and not just, but dynamically, is a carefully curated story. And we know when we're being lied to, and it feels like crap, okay? A true, what's true always makes us lighter, a lie always makes us heavier. We know when we're being lied to, we know when we're being manipulated to feel something or think something. We don't often acknowledge it, but that's part of the reason why you'll see something on the news and you're like, oh, okay, I, I just can't watch this right now. And that's okay. That's a choice that's also included in consciousness. And if you recognize that that's not necessarily apathy, it could actually be an acknowledgement of the appropriate choice to not get into the trauma and drama, the positive, the negative, the pain and the suffering and the fight against. And far greater, rather than fighting against limitation, it's far greater to choose for possibilities. And if you wanna fight something, fight for possibilities. See what that creates in the world. But the funny part is if you're, if you're choosing for possibilities, there's very seldom a fight required nor desired. Right. And, you know, you were saying this thing about being totally present with what is like that, that 
that that is, you don't have to check out. You could be totally present with what is. So would you say that's something that requires practice? Absolutely. You know, we're, we're taught that the only way to not be the effect or the victim of a situation is to check out, to get apathetic. Like I'm taking my energy and going home. You can't touch me. I'm look, try to get me behind this wall. But mm-hmm. when you try to hide behind a wall, who's the one behind the wall? You. And so that's no space from which to create something different. And so the possibility then is to be so present with what is, but also be so present with your caring, with your caring for every single person involved in this, with your caring for what it could mean for the future of our planet. And rather than reject that caring, get real present with that caring and then ask, okay, once again, what can I be and what can I do and what can I contribute? Me personally, you know, sometimes it's a matter of donating money somewhere where it might help. But personally, what I'm trying to do is have conversations like this with people who can get it to other people where it's like, guys, we, it, if, if nothing else, it's yet another wake up call that says we need to do something different. Like here we are, we've been doing the same shit in the same way forever. And it's gotten us here. What else can we be? What else can we do? And what else can we choose that will create an actual world of possibilities because it's possible. We just have a lot of people that fight against it so they can maintain their control. And what's also interesting then is many people then go to trying to fight against those people as though that's going to stop it. It's like, it doesn't stop until we empower ourselves. Hmm. Otherwise it's just going to keep going. Cause if you go to fight something, you have to come down to its level to fight it. Well, now you're on its level and that's exactly what it wanted. That's why it tried to get you to go into fight in the first place. What choice do you have beyond fight, beyond wrong and beyond right that you're not acknowledging? You know, there's also something about caring at different levels because the caring you're talking about is not the same. It's, It's very different than the drama and trauma caring that we are encouraged to go into through the news, for example. So could you describe the difference between that kind of all embracing caring that you were talking about where you care about everything on earth and sympathy or empathy. Well, that's the thing is we're taught that if we're, if we truly care, we'll sympathize with people, which means vibrating, not only at their level with whatever's going on for them, usually the drama, the trauma, the pain, the suffering, but even more intensely. Like, I care so much that I'm suffering more than you about what's going on for you. Cool. Now two people are swimming in a cesspool together. Great job of proving that you cared. True caring is acknowledging that every person has choice. And every being has choice, not just people. And acknowledging that they have choice and acknowledging that the greatest gift you can give them is to empower them to choose, to empower them to choose if, and if what they are choosing, they wanna keep choosing, okay. But also to empower them to know that something different is possible. We had an awareness a long time ago, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access and I were talking and we were, uh, we had just experienced several people who had been very emotional. And we were looking at it and it was like, 
that that level of emotion does not match the situation at all. It's about a hundred times more than it should be. What's going on? And we realize that people use emotions to prove that they're being and to prove that they're caring. And so they will become highly emotional of the latest trauma that has gone on in the world because I care so much. And it was interesting because these were people who spent their entire lives proving that they cared rather than truly being caring of others. And in fact, looking at how they function in the world, there actually seemed to be very little caring that they had for other people. It was a way to always put the spotlight on them to prove that they cared so that they could prove that they cared so other people would see them as caring so the people wouldn't know that they weren't actually caring. Well, okay. And you know, that that is a bit of a roundabout, but it's like people do an intensity of emotion to try to prove something usually. Now, that's not to say that something might be very emotional for somebody. It might be, and it might actually be. But when that's the case, it matches the situation. And so this idea that we need to prove that we care by suffering, by being dynamically emotional, that's not a kindness to us, nor the people that we're trying to pretend we care for or trying to care for. And I wonder if that's also what we sometimes are aware of. That's a lie. Like we're aware of the people that are proving that they care with that really big emotional outburst. Also in this area, kind of like we're aware of the news when there are lies on the news and we're aware of the agendas and all of that. And actually, another question I had about the, how we know what's true and not a lie. So I've noticed that I tend to listen to something and if... <laughs> If it says, for example, Russia is failing, I get very light because I would prefer if they did. So, but I don't know if that's true because I seem to tort the actual light and heavy tool with my own um, point of view. Here's the thing is, is you do your best in the moment. And sometimes you get it right and it'll be glorious. And sometimes you get it wrong and it's okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And if you hear that, you know, Russia's not succeeding in the invasion and you get lighter and it makes you happier, at least you go into the world lighter and happier. <laughs> okay, cool. And there's also, there's also something in that where, where there's a hope that we have for a future. Because, yeah. you know... Uh, if you if you look from the rest of the world's perspective, other than Russian leaders, um, you know, from the rest of the world's perspective, it's like this large, you know, superpower that is invading, you know, that is just being a bully, basically. And we want your land and we're right and et cetera. And that never makes any of us lighter. I mean, I don't care whether you know the people or not, you know whether you're directly involved in the situation and have skin in the game yourself or not. Anytime we see somebody bullying somebody else, we root for the person that's getting bullied, you know, yeah. and, and as we should, and in the sense of, you know, but once again, mm -hmm. it's not like this is right and this is wrong, but there are certain things that are an affront to possibilities and you know, if there is something that is true evil in the world, from my point of view, it's when you diminish the possibilities of another. 
that's what I see as evil. And, and so we inherently know that too. We inherently know whether something is creating more possibilities or less. And well, what, what else is possible is my question. Um, there was a, a question from a woman living in London who, where they seem to have this nuclear fear very much up. And she said like this. So the very idea that someone else is controlling your survival, that you know that someone can push that big red button, the nuclear button, how can that not be bad? And how can that fear not be real? So could you talk a little bit more about that, the fear? Well, um, let's see. <laughs> you and I have a friend who's a fellow facilitator that was going to Ukraine to facilitate, who ended up in Kiev as the Russians were invading. And she asked questions, should I go? You know, there's this possible invasion. Russians are on the, on the border, shall I go? And she got a yes. And everybody, and she actually asked on a telecall and, and we said, well, lighter or heavier? What will your life be like in five years if you go? What will your life be like if you don't? And so she ended up going. And she ended up developing a level of strength that was amazing as she fled to the other side and left you know, via Poland and got back home mm -hmm. after many days. I mean, she was literally at the border for days in this, this miles long line of cars of people fleeing. And yet... What happened for her was she's like, wow, you know what? I think I'm finally willing to be seen. And I was like, wow. But one of the conversations I had with her, I said, okay. So um, she's like, what should I do? What should I do? And I said, well, what's the worst that could happen? And she went, I could die. I'm like, okay, can you handle that? She's like, yeah, I'll be dead. I'm like, well, then anything else you can handle, you know? But people, yeah. this is a case of, of loving the drama. They mm -hmm. made this so real, this idea of nuclear war and all that. It's like, well, I'm very pragmatic. I'm like, I will deal with what's in front of me. I will do every damn thing I can to change the very basis of reality so people actually know that we together asking for something can actually create it. And I've seen many examples of that. Many, 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 many examples of that. And, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if there's going to be a nuclear war, there's going to be a nuclear war. Me sitting home, not living my life as a result of that is going to do what? It's not going to do anything except make me unhappy. And then I'll be cranky. My best friend will call and say, hey, do you want to go out? I'm like, no, I'm afraid of the bombs. And then they'll start being afraid of the bombs. And then they'll pass that on. You know, it's it. There's this beautiful lady who has this podcast, something about the wolf of possibilities. Like, which wolf do you want to feed? <clears throat> It's yeah. a perfect time to bring up the wolf too, because it is really, which wolf would you like to feed at this time? And that is the key. Yeah. That is the key. And it's also not, it's also not, here's the thing is, one of the other things that we, we tend to do in this stuff is we tend to do this thing of, of, you know, I'll give this as a response, for example, and then somebody will go, but I'm not there. Well, yeah, but that's what a lot of the access tools are for is when you're not there, when you're not in that space of peace and ease and lightness, we have tools to get there, but you've got to use them. Nobody can do it to you and recognize that there is a way beyond this and stop buying your feelings as real and as though they are a guide in this particular case. 
And I know a lot of people will get on me about that one. How dare you dismiss the sanctity of one's feelings? Yeah, but what I'm talking about is this truly is a feeling that is a diminishment of one's being in their choice and not an awareness of an energetic perspective that will create a greater possibility. Now, and I would also say that this is probably one of the time when that tool, who does this belong to, is a tool that is required every day, every moment of every day, because all those feelings can belong yeah. to a lot of other people than us at the moment, wherever you are, really. But one thing that you've talked a lot about is the difference um, between politicians and statesmen, for example. So a politician functions for the next election which may be next year, while a statesman looks at the whole, like the future and maybe 500 years in the future. So what I was wondering, like, here we are, what, instead of just looking at what we can do, we can look at what we can be. And is there some way that for us, can we be statesmen for ourselves? Like, could you talk a little bit about that? What could we choose to be to create a different future, a greater well, future? We can choose to be not aligning and agreeing with the trauma and drama, mm. not resisting and reacting, because when you do that, you feed the wolf of no possibilities. You feed the wolf of limitation. And, and this is one of the greatest, it's one of the most potent tools we have available. It's one of our greatest capacities. And yet we discount it all the time. And we go, but I feel this. Yes, who does that belong to? And we talk in access about every feeling is a perception you're not willing to have. As a statesman, you walk through the world with your head held high, looking for possibilities for everyone. You know, and there are people who would be like, well, yeah, but what is that going to do to change it? It changes the underlying basis of reality as we know it. And it takes it out of where those with the most willingness to destroy others are seen as powerful. And it starts putting into putting it into where those of us who have the desire and willingness to empower others actually, and, and to have a sense of connection and contribution with each other, a sense of communion with each other where there is no separation it actually starts heading in that direction. The world with enough of us choosing it starts heading in that direction. Do I know what the result of that is gonna be? No, I don't. I've got some ideas of things I would like to see, of course. You know, I would love to see things like, like the, the destruction of, of individuals and groups going away, but right now, even, even it's like we have, group, I'm right and you're wrong, and we have polarization to a dynamic degree. But what I see that as is an invitation to the people that are still on the fence, thinking that they don't have to change, don't have to choose anything different, to wake up and recognize their contribution matters. And I see it as an invitation for all of us that see the contribution that others can be, to be it, and in so doing, invite them to be it also. Now is the space for something different. If you, if you could suggest maybe three questions that people could ask just to becoming a different space every day. Number one, 
who the fuck does all this shit belong to? Yeah. And is it actually mine? Which is one question, by the way. <laughs> two questions, one question. Uh, number two, what else is possible beyond this reality that I've never considered? And what am I capable of being that would create a future beyond my wildest dreams for all of us? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. And what else is possible now? True. Thank you, my dear friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. I hope you have more space in your world now. If you would like to listen to earlier episodes, share with other people or subscribe, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or visit katrinavalentin.com slash wolf.